Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Diaz. I'm Scott. And we're keeping you in the loop with the guitar community. I just saw the episode title and it threw me off. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it has to do with our topic, so I just preempted it. So that is this sure. week's. That's that, a good one. That huh? is it. Yep. I, you, you know me. I don't listen to the the episodes that I'm not on. I don't listen to any of the episodes. So. We we discussed that actually in the last preamp of. Oh our, really? Yeah. So Philip was on, and we did like you know you know me and Philip like once we start yeah. talking, it just keeps going, going, going. Yeah. So uh, we were talking about like, do you listen to your own podcast? No. And oh no, no, that was on the main show. That made the main show because huh? he was talking about. He's like, "Oh, I'm not going to hear our theme song this week." And uh, <sighs> yeah, I still love our theme song. Yeah, we got a good one. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of a good theme song that you just heard through us talking, um, uh, let's see. No, that's not speaking of. That just happens to be a thing. All right, this episode is brought to you by our patrons. Go to patreon.com/slash/theeffectsloop, and you can join the ranks of the people who give us money every month. We appreciate you. By the way, if you join at the $1 level, yeah, you I, I don't think we've talked about this enough. You actually do get our Patreon up. Oh. So we, so we always talk about the $5 level, but we never talk about the $1 level. So the $1 level does still have some perks. You get, you get the episode early. Uh, yeah. As soon as I post it, it's available on the Patreon feed. Like this week, we're recording on a Saturday, which is kind of weird for us. So everyone's going to get it a little bit early. It's going to become more normal. Oh, is it going to become more normal? I think so. I can handle that. Because Scott's going to be in an office on Monday, so he can't record in the afternoon. Oh, well, yeah. sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you get that early and you also get our Patreon up, which, you know, sometimes we talk candidly. Sometimes you all can hear about my whatever. vacation this week. Yeah. Yeah. All the cool kids are doing it. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Well, I guess we I talked mean, about religion too. That was fun for a hot minute. And guns. I don't um, think we no, talked about guns this week. Oh, okay. That would make yeah, that one good. No, we're saving that for the main episode to piss people off. Yeah. <sighs> Which we really don't talk about those things, guys. Actually, no, we did talk about guns. Yep. We oh, about we my, did! Because, yeah. because of one of my kind of like things I went through this week. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I won't, I won't, I won't casually, uh, I won't allude to it. Um, yeah. So if I you want to hear about it, join I, the Patreon oh, at least yeah, at the $1 level and get it. Yeah, we yeah. can do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Tease. The first Tease. taste is free. All right. So what's new with you, Scott? Um, so uh, last Sunday, I played my Equits for the first time. Yes, I saw that. It looked gorgeous. It looked gorgeous. Um, you know what's really cool is uh the director there was like, This is Scott's guitar he's been wanting for ages. And they told the photographer, make sure you get some good shots of Scott. And so I actually got like some proper photos of me playing it and not just like fat guy staring at his chest kind of photos, but like they caught yes. me in some of those moments where I did a rock star pose or two so it was i got i got some great shots of it and i'm pretty happy oh that's that's great it so and also the guitar just sounds seriously it's about i think it's one of the best i've ever played in a group setting and also best i've ever sounded that's awesome i will dude. say that just hands down and which is weird i didn't think p90s was the thing i was missing all my life but um yeah it was just a great week 
great we've been playing and i've got screen caps of like every single song we did so keeping those ones for the records very nice so have that and then the other thing is i got a new pedal oh did you yeah i low-key got this one and i know you're going to be jealous so i'm going to hold it up in the camera oh wait hold on i'm not looking at you right now hold on oh snap yeah you know how you and i have both wanted one of these for a while this is an old blood noise endeavors alpha haunt v2 yeah um, this one has the has the sliders the on EQ it sliders on it so i i remember loving the hot fuzz and yeah. i loved this when we tried it we tried the the, the v1 right I can't remember if I tried the V1 or V2. Yeah, it we, was the V1 that was like a gold color, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was a bigger enclosure. Yeah. So I've just bigger had, sliders. I've had a um, reverb, you know, it's been on my watch list for a while, and this one came up, and I offered a lower price than they were asking for, and they took it, so I got one. Nice. For I think I paid one forty, plus shipping added onto that in Texas, so. That's good. Not That's a, a good price. Yeah. yeah. How much do they a... run normal? Like 180, maybe I, 200? I people ask, I've seen people asking like 180, 190. And I'm just like, no. Like. How much do they run for? I think they're like 220 new. 229. Yeah. So like that, it's it's not like, hey, it's a bad pedal. It's just like, hey, the, the price for going used should have a deeper hit. And part of that's just the age of the pedal. Like as, once the used market starts filling up you know yeah they settle in that like 60 percent of the new fee it's kind of where new used stuff should be so so yeah well yeah looking that, forward that, to playing with this there's a lot of options here so yeah that's that's very nice that is pretty pretty funny you ended up with it yeah i i, I got a thing for sliders i like sliders i think it's more of a visual thing Oh yeah, I mean it's uh, like the Autonomatone stuff from Chase Bliss. I want, yeah. I just don't want to pay a thousand bucks for, and yeah, I don't want to put any of that stuff on a pedal board because I'm afraid of breaking it. Mm-hmm. But I love the fader thing they did on those. So yeah, cool. I definitely love the, the the fader look. I mean, that's like uh, I've always loved the the uh, graphic EQ pedals stuff like that. So, uh, was that you know, was that it for you this that's, week, sir? That's that's it for me to this week. Anything new with you over in your end? Um, I got a new tattoo. That's about it. Um, I got oh, a yeah. my my brother, my cousin, and I got matching tattoos on our calves. Um, it's a tree with a bunch of music notes, and like the the trunk of the tree is actually a musical staff. Um, so that's pretty cool. Oh, that was something that we we did on vacation. That was a so something that we all kind of enjoyed pretty much my brother was like uh i think scott you know my rules i'll pretty much get any tattoo i don't care um whatever oh little child's up uh, i mean i have i have definitely gone and looked at possibly getting a tattoo with you before yeah you like, get I'm, the tattoo not me <laughs> not that yeah. i have anything against tattoos it's just i just haven't wanted one enough I know I really don't care it's not that I don't care about my body enough it's the fact of um I don't know I'm one of those people that like yeah if I get it and it's a cool story I'll I'll enjoy it so um but yeah my brother was just like we should get tattoos and I was like yeah sure okay and he's like like he's like really that that's all it took I was like yeah he's like you don't even know what we're getting I'm like yeah hey, yeah we'll find something <laughs> no actually I I like the fact I well I like that tattoo and I like the at least what I interpret the symbolism of it because you're getting it with your brothers. 
Well, yeah, with my brother, and my cousin, and we were all we're all musicians. My cousin actually mm-hmm. is in he he does he's in like the the like heavy death metal scene in South Carolina. Um, and then we've also got other cousins who are musicians. There's a, there's quite a few of us, and they weren't actually at the reunion, so we we sent them the template for the tattoo. And was like, yeah, if you guys want to get it as well. So, yeah, but yeah, the, no, that was the, that whole and, like you have musical roots. Yeah, and like the family tree with yeah. music. Yeah, I, that, I think that's actually a really fun thing. That that's a fun tattoo to have with family members. Right. I, I really like that. No, I also it's liked very, in that photo. I'm like, I know which one Diaz is leg. Why? Because <laughs> my foot was flat on the ground. Uh, you're a different. Someone build. said that. You're a different build. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm chunkier. Here's an American uh, Red Cross calling me to donate blood again. Yeah, tell them. I still think the Red Cross is ran by vampires. Um, yeah. Well, I just you know, I don't think I'm allowed to give blood yet. Oh, because of the COVID. Yeah. Uh there. I can't remember the standards on that because uh, with donating plasma, you follow kind of the same rules. Once you get, I can't remember what exactly the rules are. I mean, there's a certain point where they actually want it from you too right yes Cause like because then you have a high antibody count and that's what they use for one of those isn't that what they use for one of those artificial antibody treatments i don't really know what i just donate the plasma i actually don't do with it much afterwards so i'm not sure yeah oh you don't you don't hang out in the lab and process it <laughs> yeah i don't oh I... yeah you gotta run that one through the centrifuge to check out the Billy, what was the protein level on this batch right here? <laughs> mm, how many parts per million was that? Mm, mm, yeah, what's indeed. the PPM on that? And that yeah, that's, do, do you concur? What, I concur. <laughs> oh, what was that from? <laughs> that's from uh, Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, yeah I, I concur. Do you concur? <laughs> oh, one of one of Lisa's stupid cats knocked my phone somewhere, and I don't know where. Oh. So I'm taking the mic off the mic stand. We're all looking for my phone together. <laughs> well, while you're looking for that, um, want to dive into some gear news? Can you call my phone really quick? <laughs> I probably can. <laughs> Let's do that too. Yeah, we can dive into some gear news. Do we want to or... see what the latency on our call is versus like you and me talking on this thing? Yeah. Let's see. D as. Where the hell did this thing go? I heard it. I can hear it. Well, the problem is I can hear it through my headphones. Well, you can hear me calling you. This is great content. I I seriously have no idea where it went. All right, let's go ahead and just... Oh, you can hear your computer ringing? Is that what it is? Yeah, so it's throwing me off. I just unplugged my laptop. My MacBook, whatever it's called. God bless America. <laughs> We've hey, done I... some really dumb dead air moves on this show before. We're taking it to a whole other level. <laughs> this might be like my like uh, the, ep- the episode where Diaz is looking for his phone. This is still not like the gear slum where Phil goes to a drive-through <laughs> or something like phone. that, and like yeah. he fills up his cup in the in the, in the soda fountain and with yeah. ice. That might be my favorite one. Oh really? Of like just yeah. like I'm not really here for this. What was or... the one where he was listening to like a queen? He was like listening to a queen. Uh, our journey it was don't stop believing. Oh, he was like, like in a parking lot. It was an early episode. It was one oh. of the first few. 
Well, I remember the one where uh, he watched a bike. He he like uh, aided and abetted in a bike theft. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, oh uh, yeah. Anywho, anywho, gear news. Uh, gear news. First thing on the on the list. Um, yeah, this is not necessarily a hard announcement. Um, this one seemed to kind of sneak by us, but it's doing the review circuit. So I think it's finally we're talking about. The Aquarium? Yeah, Cornerstone like, Music Gear. So they're probably most famous for like the Gladio. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you if you hung out in praise and worship groups, you've seen these guys before. Yeah. Um, Christ they, alone, Cornerstone. Sorry. I mean, that song slaps, but... Uh, it it can yes. It can also not slap if you mm. get it way too Caucasian. Yes. Fair, 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 fair. Um, five hundred twenty fucking dollars. Yeah. So this is. Oh. But it, it's going after uh, an area where there's margin and there's room to go for it. So mm-hmm. it is the aquarium, the Roto Vibe, Univibe based pedal from them um coming in at 520 dollars but uh 100 analog circuitry with a proper analog bulb 520 dollars though yeah oh i don't know that's expensive is this made somewhere else italy this can't Okay, all right, I can handle that. This I was like, this has to be non-American at for five hundred twenty dollars. Um, three hundred ninety-five for their uh, Gladio. Uh, is that already in U.S. dollars? I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because Italy uses the euro. Actually, okay. this is that's a fun one of like all these pedals should be getting cheaper on the state side. Or moreover, they might be cheaper if you buy them from European retailers because mm-hmm. the euro and the dollar hit parity this week. Right. So might be worth thinking about. Um, so yeah, this is a definitely the niche area of if you're, if you're going deep diving on uh, Univibes. Yeah, that's really deep diving though. People get really particular about Univibes. I mean, I understand. I just sold that uh, Rotosphere. Yeah. Which is a, I mean, it's not, I don't know if it's Univibe, but it's definitely that, it's that rotary speaker thing. Um, yeah, $520, though. I also think there's there's a unique thing in the market now, too, I, or where some brands are just saying, we're just going to make a pedal and charge an extra whatever um to sit as like this is i i think there's just a thing in there of like as long as the art's there and you know we if we you build the it they will per- buy it yeah that that kind of like if we set a price tier at this the market will create itself um i i it's either going to create itself or it's going to completely fail i don't think this is going to fail I think that this is going to be the pedal that everyone waits to buy, try to buy used to save <laughs> 80 bucks. Yeah, but if there's no used market or there's no, they don't, if they restrict the number they make and all that kind of stuff, there's ways you can play the market in this to keep yeah. prices high. 
I just... I mean, you, you didn't listen to it, but Philip talked a bit last week about... Um... <laughs> you didn't listen to it. That is a that is a fact. But there there was a talk of like, you know, like a lot of places, it's a race to the bottom with pricing. And so it's yeah. like, oh, I, I need to be cheap so people buy it. And then they get overwhelmed. And so they can't scale. Like they're selling more. Or there are ways... To, there's ways to sell more, right? Like if they could produce mm-hmm. more volume, they'd sell more volume at that price point, but they can't because they're stretched too much. Um, yeah. And the answer is raise your prices until people stop buying. And, and likewise, if you and cost also twice as much margin. as you need, yeah, if you, if, you, if you price it two, three times more than you need to, but you only sell a third of what you're going to say. You're, you're still, you're, you're doing less work, making the same amount of money. I mean, yeah. It's a, it's a unique thing. So, well, that's like, okay. So, so really quick, I'm going to go into my world. So the Burger King right now, yeah, they're big Burger King's big thing is they no longer, um, so you can get coupons that have discounts on the Whoppers, but like the two for six, two for five, stuff like that, the Whopper is not going to be on it. And the, the main reason why is people will pay full price for a Whopper. So that's, that's a big uh, thing that Burger King has put forward. They've made a statement about that. Like we will no longer discount the Whopper like like we have been because people pay full price for it and why should we be cutting why should we be discounting the thing people are wanting and buying yeah and i mean same thing goes that that's translates to most if not all business models you know it's a simple supply and demand you know if there's a demand for it and people are going to pay for it yeah it's just it's picking a different spot in the the economic spectrum but you know right. transitioning between them is usually something you can't really do you either have to pick a spot and go for it or whatnot and you, you, you yep. know what the market's like but i think we're getting a little too far into economics here and just saying if you're this better be the best univibe pedal you've ever heard <laughs> um to justify that price point yeah but at, that, at the same time there's that psychological thing of like well i paid you know crazy money for this so it's going to be Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've seen that. Gotta with, be. I've yeah. seen that where, like, you know, a pedal comes out and like everyone hypes on it, even though there's you know just as good stuff, but because it's so expensive or because there's hype around it, that's the that's the one everyone obsesses over because it's the hot thing at the minute, and yep. the psycho acoustic reaction or whatever then means in your head it's the best sounding thing ever. Mm-hmm. That's why you see a lot of these people who play like you see the the sales on. Um, reverb gear talk classified stuff like that they're like oh it's like the greatest drive pedal but it's just not what i need it's like okay well it was great for six months and that's because right now now the lackluster has worn off and Mm -hmm. the whole oh i paid so much for it so it's got to be amazing and that goes and, and we see that on the other end of the spectrum where like josh scott does these videos of um a pedal i like i've looked twice at and then suddenly it just blows up well and that's like like i've got uh the delta lab tube overdriver mm-hmm. the phenomenal pedal I, I mean i had it way before josh ever i've had this i've had that pedal for probably like eight years and i've thrown on my board every once in a while i'm not a tube screamer guy but it has an amazing sound to it and i paid 20 bucks for it people like it, it's it's either either they're associating the price with the sound or you've got to like when you do that you see that and then like if you disassociate the price you're like, okay, wow, this $20 pedal actually sounds freaking phenomenal. That's like, Josh, anytime uh, people do like affordable board, stuff like that, they're like, okay, I don't need to spend a lot of money. I mean, you can get a board up and running. Um, 
with minimal effort and minimum pricing. <laughs> and then you get particular and start freaking out about stuff and, you know, you know, just the way we are. And then there's all the gatekeeping and the brand, you know, stuff we have to like obsess over. And... Better not be a full tone. <laughs> Beat your ass over a full tone. Honestly, if full tone was never as big as they were, so i.e. the market would be so saturated with what they have. Yeah. When they got kicked off all the platforms or whatever for him sparking up, I could have seen his brand actually like going up in price yeah but it the part of the problem too was like you know full tone was kind of over the hill for the the full tone the ocd is like the ds1 of the boutique world um and the uh just think the, right now he could be having an mxr version of that pedal <laughs> the i mean for real the full drive an mxr full drive in a mini um, enclosure i mean the full drive it was like the uh I guess I don't know what that would be. The SD one with a boost, but like it, the thing with full full tone was was he was a lot of his stuff was a lot of people's entry into the boutique world. But all right, let's move on to the next thing. Caroline Guitar Company unleashes the Fustortion Fury with as the Chrome. What? That doesn't sound, read right to me. Um, so the. They they released the Crom, yes, which the Riddle is of Steel, a tone bender and Conan inspired stomp box. Conan the Barbarian with a Tweed amp vibe. Okay, um, so there was a limited run of this a while ago, and it looks like it's coming back out. It's a distortion and fuzz kind of all in one. Yeah. So. Is it just like in between the distortion and fuzz? Because pretty much like when I think of fuzz, I think it's just like even farther distortion. Like well, okay, overdrive into distortion into fuzz. Wasn't there um, uh, Wampler did? Was it called the fuzzstration? Fuzzstration. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think I think whenever you see these people are like it's a distortion fuzz pedal. It's a fuzz pedal that has distortion tones where it's not super. Uh, low end well i mean most tone benders frankly are what if you heard one and you're a new guitar player you'd probably say that's distortion yeah you wouldn't call that fuzz because you think of fuzz as the more extreme stuff yeah you think of the muff yeah and stuff like that where it's getting that yeah. yeah but i mean with this it it's good to see uh a pedal kind of come back into play i don't know what, what the you know used market and where people flip in these or whatever, because there was a limited run of them before. Um, but I feel, I feel like this is very, uh, what was it, is it niche? 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 I thought that was the guy. Which one's the guy? Uh, Nietzsche? Nietzsche? The, the God is Dead philosopher? Sure. Nietzsche. Nietzsche. Okay. Yeah. And then this is Nietzsche. Niche. Niche. Okay. God. All right. Well, not a lot of people watch Conan anymore. That's all I'm saying. Are they That's what a remake I was trying of that? To... I got. I, I hope they're remaking Matilda. I mean, if you know, if Chris Hemsworth is still in the same shape as he was from Thor, he should just go and do it. Yeah. But hey, can we have you do all the like kind of like Hercules and anything? Well, you can't do Hercules because Hercules is a character in Thor. But anyway, that's not true. That is very true. 
No, I'm saying that he can't do it. He can oh, do whatever he wants. He, he can do whatever he wants. He can have Liam do it. <laughs> Good. Bam. All right. Uh, see, one control expands its pedal lineup with all new LX tuner with BG, BJF buffer. Um, okay. It's a cork pitch block tuning circuit and a buffer. Yep. Yeah. How much is it? <laughs> Probably like three hundred dollars, I'd assume. I mean, it's just—it's kind of like I love how they're like I got a new tuner. Oh, it's only one hundred forty-four bucks. Yeah, not that bad. I just love how it's the LX tuner, but it's like, oh yeah, it's a cork pitch black. Like what? <laughs> yeah, like they didn't develop their it's, own. No, I was, I was like, I was like, because this looks familiar, and it's a cord pitch black tuner. I was like, that's fucking why. <laughs> yeah, so if you have a cord cord pitch black, but you hate the fact that it's not a uh, buffer pedal non-buffered i mean i mean the, for a long time i you know the true bypass era is i think kind of wrapping up yeah where like everything has to be true bypass and so people are getting smarter about putting buffers back in their giant boards and you know the tuner is a great spot for it yeah unless you're like me who uses your tuner out of your um uh vp junior well, is that good to have a buffer there? Well, all the more reason to get the the new VP Junior that has a tuner in it. Yeah, I do want that actually. I do too, but I I don't hundred sixty or whatever dollars it wanted. Um, if I needed to buy a new volume pedal, I would. That's the route I'd go. But I bought the fortieth anniversary before they had the tuner one. Okay. So I still got the Kevlar string though. That's all that matters. Yeah. So I've started doing an expression pedal as my volume pedal. Yeah. With my quad cortex. And I like it so much better because I know the pot is a little scratchy on that yeah. pedal. But in an expression format, it doesn't scratch. Yeah, but does it jump at all? No. Okay. It's got an averaging algorithm, I think, in it. Get so cat. Oh, there's a cat over here. Get, shoot, shoot. No one likes you. And okay, BJF buffer. Anything significant of that to you? Nope. Doesn't jump out at you. All right. Nope. Hundred forty-four bucks. That's not horrible. How expensive is a TU three these days? <sighs> Used or new? New. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Hold on, let's see. I don't know. I'd assume it's like one hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, one thirteen. Oh, that's one thirteen. That, that's the S. Um, one hundred twenty. Yeah, so TU3 is still cheaper, but it's, you know, this is a nicer yeah. display. How much is a pitch black? Yeah, how much is a pitch black? Yeah. Uh, core pitch black is $121. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is a no-brainer. If you, I would go ahead and get this, I'll be honest with you. Just to have the buffer? Yeah, might as well. For 20 bucks more, just to have it, just to have it. I mean, I mean yeah, 20 bucks for a buffer is not expensive. And it's already—I mean, it's same enclosure. You're getting the—you're already getting the core pitch block tuner right there, so might as well. Yeah. I guess the Waza TU3 would be more expensive. That's the one with the switchable yeah. buffer. Yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, Mythos Pedals releases the new and improved RJ Ronquillo. Ronquillo. You're the vaguely Hispanic one of this group, so. I mean, you, it could be Ronquillo or Ronquillo, three-in-one treble boost drive and echo signature pedal. If it's a signature, I'm guessing it's Ronquillo. 
Yeah. The Sus Mariosep. Okay. Yeah, I don't know the naming on any of that, but don't. Yeah. Uh, it's Mythos, so it's going to sound incredible. Yeah, I just, I, I absolutely. Oh, it's a Filipino slang word. What is? Sus Mariosep. It's a, oh, what is a slang word for? Uh, it doesn't actually say. Dang it. Google. All right. Um, so one of the big things uh, is I cannot stand all-in-one pedals like this because it doesn't make sense on a board. Uh, it makes sense if you're not doing a board. Yeah, but barely. So, I mean, a lot of times that's what a lot of these wind up being is, you know, so like I know, you know, uh, RJ, I think, does a lot of like, like he just shows up, plays somewhere, and leaves. So, and so, Seth Mariosep, go ahead. Seth Mariosep is an exclamation of vexation, surprise, disappointment, or fear. Okay. I don't know. I don't. I mean, how often do you see people only using these pedals, though? I, I frankly, I don't. But I see yeah. people buying them. Yeah, I think. I mean, and that's then like, only using like one part of it. Keeley's really big on the workstations. I mean, it's like whenever you've got fuzz and reverb on the same pedal, it's like, okay, but what about all the stuff in between? I, you know, it's another thing too here of like, yeah, you could buy these as pieces yeah and recreate that kind of sound but not exactly that sound um and so i think a, a lot of people will buy these things use it once and go oh cool that was the thing and then they'll put yeah. it in the rig and then go oh but i kind of want here and I kinda want yeah it, it just doesn't quite fit because especially whenever you're it's it's the modulation it's throwing that delay on there like the boost and drive that's fine together on one pedal mm -hmm. but when you're throwing the delay in there it's like okay but what if you want well, what if you want another overdrive and you want to boost it? So I actually had this problem with my rig with, on my big board, which, you know, I never play anymore, but at the same yeah. time. Uh, so I have a Kilt V1, right? So right. that's a pretty gnarly distortion circuit or can, yeah. a distortion circuit that can, can get pretty gnarly and a boost. And I run it really up, early up in my chain because I want the boost to be able to clobber anything else out, uh, after right. it. So like sometimes I like just running my clon, but I boost into my clon. So it's just more of the clon, you know? Yeah. Um, but the KT, uh, not the KTR, um, the kilt circuit, right? That, that X Pandora sound. Mm -hmm. I usually try to actually go light to heavy with my drives when I yeah. line them up for stacking and whatnot. So I don't really stack into that drive because frankly, like if I go kilt into like the clon, it just like tone shapes it too much right so you know it's one of those things of like i do kind of want to split that pedal up yeah and frankly i could you know sell the kilt v1 for a boost and a kilt v2 and still come away with a profit but i don't know <laughs> i'm just not i'm so mad i've never played a kilt you never even played mine mm -mm. i guess i didn't have it when we swapped boards yeah i don't think so all right uh, I need, yeah, I've wanted, always wanted to mess with one. Oh, you, should, um, you should come to Chicago when Philip's coming here and uh, hang. Philip, pick me up on the way. Well, actually, so he'll hit Memphis on the way. Oh, no, that's way too far out Other of the way. side of the state, right? Way other side, yeah. That's six hours away from here. Yeah. 
So you probably that's probably almost the entire drive to here for you. Yeah. It's probably it's probably nine hours. I'm Chicago not sure. to Knoxville. It's eight to Nashville. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's it can't it's not that let's see. Um Chicago. Or you can get a quad cortex where I have my kilt extensively captured and you can play with it. But effects loop podcast on quad cortex. Check it out. Uh, all my pedals are there. Oh. Or a lot of my pedals are there. Anyway, while you're looking that up, I'm going to talk briefly. Uh, Cordoba launches the stage, its first electroacoustic nylon string. Um, nylon string, like semi hollow guitars or like thin line guitars are kind of having a moment right now it feels like because eight hour drive polyphia has been rocking those things with like their new singles and stuff like that these come in at 970 flamed maple tops um control knobs on the face of the guitar it's kind of like a single cutaway shape i Um, like these they're cool looking uh fishman uh fishman electronics 16 inch radius um rather than a flat because classicals are flat flat usually um, i, I kind of want this reminds me of uh yeah like the ovation feel yeah like like this kind of guitar is kind of having a moment right now like it you know what i'm really surprised by is you haven't seen like taylor go back hard into like the t5s again because i feel like that was like the predecessor to a lot of this stuff and like you're seeing like the yeah. Acoustasonics have a moment, which I would not be surprised if you see a nylon Acoustasonic coming out soon. I I, will, I really just want a, a nylon guitar. I love nylon guitars. I don't like restringing them. No. I don't know how to do the knot at the bass. I'm, I'm sure I could learn. But um, but yeah, actually, when I was um, a lot of them, guitar, a lot of, wait, wait, at the bass, are you talking about down by, are you talking about? Yeah, at the bridge. Um, most of them don't come already looped. Oh, do they? So you can just, zip, yeah, you, know? you just kind of, you just kind of like go through the loop. Okay. Yeah. They've also got nylon strings that have balls on the end. <laughs> balls. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve nice. that from earlier. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, these are only $979. Yeah. I, I think these will do well. I think, and that's also like the amount of money that's like, you know, it's going to be, it should be nice. But it's not going to be over the top. That's kind of that price yeah. point right now, like that seven hundred to twelve hundred dollar range. Yeah, that's now the nice. It's probably foreign made. Or it's definitely foreign mm-hmm. made, but it's going to have everything you kind of want on it, except for like the top, the flames on the top might be fake. Oh yeah, for sure. But that's okay. Or it's a laminate or whatever. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah, I mean, if they do care, they can just who you do you care? So nine hundred seventy dollars is what they're coming yeah. at. That's awesome. I, I mean, I like these. I think it's great. Uh, let's see. Mesa Boogie announces its new California Tweed 6v6. Didn't, didn't we already see this before? Uh, we saw a different Tweed. Well, so we've okay. seen the California Tweed series before. Okay. But this is the the 6v6 220 and the 1x12 combo and a 1x10 combo. And the 220. Okay, the 220 head. Okay. So 1x12, 110, and 220. Yep. So this is the 6v6. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, and also of note, this is the first 
guitar amp Mesa Boogie has released since Gibson took them over. Yeah. So this is effectively the first post Gibson uh, Mesa mm. Boogie to coin a term, new marketing term from Philip on that episode you didn't listen to. So I'm going to keep reminding you of. Um, okay. Listen, I didn't even know that episode was being recorded. So Scott texts me. Your phone I'm was, on vacation. Your phone was broken or something, right? I think, yeah. So, oh, that's another thing that happened on my vacation that was like, I don't know if I talked about the vacation on the, no, that was on the pre-app. So on my vacation, my phone died. So I've, I had an iPhone 13 um, and it had <clears throat> cracked screen. Uh, like it's just, it had been beaten up. I went through a divorce with it. So that's pretty much the best way to explain that. And um, the phone just died. It got into boot loop. And um, for some reason, uh, I had an old iPhone 8 in my car. It was it was my son's whenever they switched plans and all that. And I just, I just left it in the car. And so I switched over to that. And at some point, that's whenever the discussion happened. It was just kind of crazy. But anywho, yeah. All right. So, Philip so, coined what phrase? Uh, Pre-Gibson Mesa. Oh, my gosh. Apparently, that's something that's coming out. And he was laughing at the fact that um, all all Mesas are pre-Gibson Mesas. At least on the guitar. Oh. They haven't changed anything yet. So, all right. You okay? Uh, the cat. Oh, neat. Yeah. You know what's also neat? What's that? Uh, Fender just released a new limited edition Pro Junior 4 SE. Um, to give you a quote, clean to mean tones at an affordable price. So the pro junior has been around for a while and they have a tweed version that's been out there. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, th they come out with this SE version, which is a lower price point has a, um, 10 inch fender special design speaker, yeah. um, which don't know really what that means, but it does drop the price into 550 bucks for an all tube amp. Wow. That's like pre-COVID pricing. Yeah. Um, I imagine, I mean, at that price point, the speaker is a major component of the mm -hmm. price. So doesn't surprise me that they went with a, um, what do you call it? A house branded speaker. Yeah. And I bet you you're going to see a bunch of people buy these and start swapping the speakers on them and go like, hey, look how much better it sounds with a slushy El Nico or, you know. A greenback or you know whatever they're throwing in these things um mm -hmm. just a volume and a tone oh wow real simple amp plug and play just go um, awesome so i get champ vibes from it even though it's not really a champ circuit 2l it's a el84 power amp 10 does 10 watts does it do 10 watts how many watts does it do i don't remember Anyway, there you go. Cheap small amps for people that need cheap small amps, probably for home use too. Um, you know, I'm going to skip this next one. I don't really want to talk about theremins right now. Okay. Um, so Chicago Music Exchange has a Murphy Lab Shell Pink SG for like five grand. It looks great, but five grand. Shell Pink, I think, has hit its peak. I think it stopped being a special color. Yeah, yeah. It was it was special there. That's kind of like the Vibrola on the SG. Mm -hmm. Like whenever I first had my SG, like it was special. Now they've just started putting it on a bunch of them and it doesn't matter anymore. 
Yeah. I wouldn't call this shell pink thing from the photos. No, it's yet. very it's very pale. It's closer to the peach guitars they did. Uh, with mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my lilac telly body is almost done. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm excited about that. So I've, I'm gonna sl- I'm slowly gonna put that telly back together. I'm gonna redo the pickups. I'm thinking I'm gonna do the uh, Greg, is it Koch cock whatever? The uh, Fishman fluence. The Fishman fluence. Um, cool. Yeah, you'll Andrew need a battery I, cavity for those, won't you? Uh no. Are they? Aren't they they are act. Yeah, but I I forgot. I think is Andrew, it a lithium battery, so like it's easier to hide. It's it's it's, it's it's rechargeable. Yeah, so it's probably a lithium battery. Yeah, yeah. So you like you, you the big thing you have to do is you change the jack where it has the charging port. But it, like the whole like it's three hundred and I don't know it's gonna be like three hundred and fifty ish for the whole setup. It's not uh, that expensive in this it's world. It's not. Of these days. Yeah, it's not. And like, I mean, I'm just gonna slowly work my way to getting that and building that guitar back because I've been itching like for my telly back and you know i've talked about it for what a year two years on the podcast i mean that guitar has been in repair the entirety of our podcast yeah pretty much because like there was the the period of time where it was like you put the bigsby on it but the neck like split yeah well it was i put the bigsby on it and i didn't do a great job on it it was i mean it worked and it was good and I enjoyed it, but then it just got to be where some of the playability was a little frustrating. And then the um, it, it stripped out the neck stripped. Yeah. So I've got I've still got to fix that. But Andrew's going to work with me on that and help me. So we're going to refill you... it and redrill it. Oh yeah. So you're really going to have to dowel that thing. But yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Uh. So that's a five thousand dollars SG. Good for you. All right. Harley Benton. For this week, Harley Benton. Harley Benton. Oh, the R four four six. Big last week. This week in Harley Benton. Last week. Did someone do the song? Nope. That's that's called job security. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one else can do the theme song like I can. But you could always just go back and just copy it one time, and you have it forever. Yeah, but that would involve me having to edit the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We can we can always trust on our laziness. <laughs> Remember when um, I used to like edit the whole podcast? I'd like take all yeah. the ums out of it, you all the fool. dead air, and it would you take me, like, two fool. hours. Yeah, and then you're just like, "Fuck it!" And then we started getting more listeners when you stopped trying so hard. Well, part That's... of it too is just like our conversations are fairly organic, so I don't have yeah. to. Yeah. Sometimes. Never mind. All right. Anyways, I um... would say that. All right, so the R446 guitars set its sights on high gain and shred players. Um, these things are freaking cheap, sitting at about $127 American right now. Are they that cheap? I would figure they'd be like, uh, yeah. that's 127 like, pounds. Yeah. No. Um, 150, when I, 150 euros. Yeah. Like shipped, it's still under 200 from what I understand. Someone checked. I don't know if this is the exact same one that uh, I was looking at. I thought Harley Benton stuff costs like a hundred bucks to ship the guitar these, these days, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Someone went and checked and it was like under $200 shipped. I'm pretty sure it was this model. Look out to Harley Benton's finally coming for you in the States. But yeah, uh, shred stick, cheap shred, yeah. shred stick with a hardtail. got some pointiness to it so it's metal enough 
It's got a bowling ball finish on it. Yeah. It looks like EMG pickups, even if they're not, but they look like it. And that's what yeah, matters. They're, uh, they said what they were. Are they active, at least? Uh, I don't think they are. Artec ceramic humbuckers. Okay, then no. So they're going to be great for high gain. And they have coils yeah. with tones. I mean, Harley Benton's just knocking it out of the park with this super cheap stuff. Yes, they are. All right, we're going to skip this next thing because I... Yeah. Yeah. All right. Court powers up with the KX307 multi-scale seven string. Um, so Court is making their own kind of multi-scale guitar. To and... which I say, neat. Yeah, I still I don't think I've ever paid on played on a fan fret guitar. I really want to. Apparently, I just apparently it feels great. Um, do we see a price tag on these yet? Uh, if it, I'd assume it's probably on twelve hundred or so. Let's see. Hard time justifying a twelve hundred dollar court in my brain. Um, no, I I mean that's kind of towards the higher end of court stuff. Yeah, I just have a hard time. It's like, <clears throat> so when I was first looking at guitars, it was court or squire, you know yeah and so that i think of them as a square competitor not as a well the thing with court is uh, it's become well it's become more known that they just build everyone you know a lot of people's guitars for them yeah and frankly the, the how good the prs se's have been has really helped i think their image mm -hmm. so they're able to start charging you know good prices because and, and also like if you think about it a 1200 court you're getting like a two thousand dollar someone else's guitar yeah the the electronics and hardware can sometimes suffer on that stuff but it depends i mean like that's why Schecter was so popular when they first right. came out was they were like yeah so we're gonna use the same factory epiphones using or whatever but we're gonna mm -hmm. put all the good hardware in it yeah and everyone's like oh oh cool let's buy that so yeah cool cool i can't find a price they're not saying they're available yet Mm -mm. yeah i don't see it um let's see what's next so Is monty's the... pickups or monty's guitars has added a new underspun pickup option to its okay. paf humbuckers um okay. which an underwound paf is a very popular um variant mm -hmm. of the pafs that's kind of been having a moment so um your uh sg has those lambertones cremas which is an underwound paf for example, I know um, a lot of players or a lot of manufacturers now offer underwound and overwound versions. So mm -hmm. definitely check them out. There's a lot to talk about on them. I can't, uh, I can't find anything more out on them. You can order them directly from Monty's pickups or Monty's. Uh, they're about two twenty four five pounds per set which winds up being about 260 270 a set which for pas from boutique markets quite a good price that's like seymour duncan prices frankly yeah um you can get them in open black open cream a zebra nickel raw nickel chrome gold aged nickel and aged gold so a lot of variations and options here Obviously, the aged nickel and aged gold add to the price, but yeah, check them out. Check out their demo. See if that's your kind of thing if you're looking for a new PAF.
And finally, this is finally, like, finally, yeah, this list actually this turned from a slow news week into like <laughs> a lot of things that maybe we just weren't that interested in. Um, yeah. Morningstar comes out with something that I think everyone has wanted, but at this point, I don't know if it will really catch on. So they come out with the ML10X, which is um, a, an order switchable um, pedal switcher. So it's just it just you plug in one end, you plug in out the other, and it's fully MIDI controlled um, loops, loop switchers. This one's unique in the fact that it's actually five stereo channels. Um, which a lot of loop switchers don't do stereo, or if they do, it's very difficult to make it. Um, and then on top of that, the fact that it's reorderable, but also um, each of those stereo channels can be split into two separate mono loops. So technically this could be 10 mono loops. Oh, nice. Fully reorderable. And, you know, um, what what the way they've done it with these these things are tiny i don't know if you you're looking at that looking at the jacks in comparison to the rest of this thing they're actually super slim mm. they're they're yeah. great under the board kind of a th solution for putting loops into an existing board doing loop switching and whatnot um and can utilize morningstar's um computer software so you have a full computer interface to mess with everything and, and get into its deep features you don't actually have to like go through all the menus on on the pedal itself or on the thing itself but it does have a full screen that you can edit and reorder and do everything on it as well so honestly uh this thing's going to sell out and probably stay sold out for a while um but good on them i think it's like 350 bucks or something like that yeah which on its face you're like oh that's a lot of money for something that doesn't have the switching in it but when you compare this feature for feature it winds up being boss es8 territory yeah or um like a gig rig. well and the good thing is because this is for this is also for the people who already have a midi controller a midi controller and they want to expand yeah because the morningstar midi controller is probably the most popular one out there at this point mm -hmm. um, yeah yeah it just with its general ease of use so easy to use i mean i I have one, so that's why I think of it that Sorry, way. But, yeah. I said that weird. I said ease of use, and I meant ease of use. Yeah. Sorry. Let me fix that, please. <laughs> yeah, ease of use. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Good pronunciation on that. Oh, thank First you. First try, man. Good job. Yeah, didn't, didn't even fumble that. <laughs> okay. Here's my yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Um, it's because it's TRS. It's just going to be stupid annoying with all those splitters that you're going to have to run off of it mm -hmm. to make a mess underneath. Unless you can stay in TRS the whole time. Like, this is actually something I've been kind of... We, when we looked at the Strymon stuff, right? I was kind of talking about this. I'm like, I kind of wish they just stayed TRS for everything. Yeah. Like, like it, if you set up to... Like, say uh, you still had stereo outs in quarter inch, but the left one could be TRS too. So you could just run a TRS cable out of it and have full stereo. So you could just run one cable from pedal to pedal and maintain the stereo. That's my dream. That's the dream. That's the dream. So, but at the same time, if you're going with one of these things and you're kind of trying to create the tight little board that you're trying to create, chances are you're custom soldering all your cables anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. Solder gooder. You can do it. I mean, TRS is a little annoying to solder, but yeah. 
All right. Thus concludes our news. That is all. All right. Um, yeah, then, do we do, even, do, oh. I have a topic. All right. Let's talk about this topic then. So this has been a common discussion behind cl- closed clowned doors. Clo- closed closed doors. Door. <laughs> closed doors with clowns. Uh, listen, I got in trouble the last time I did that. <laughs> do you have to introduce yourself to your neighbors now? Yeah, I, I'm not allowed to live near a clown school. <laughs> not within 500 feet of clowns. <laughs> I'm, only the most, I'm only allowed to have up to four people in a car at a time. If I go above that, I get in trouble. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. That was good. You know what? Good on me. I want everyone to take a second to just bask in what just happened. That was off the cuff. Congrats. Thank you. All right. right. So, so you, you've been, you know, this is behind closed doors. A lot of people have been talking about this topic and what is it? Are gear groups helpful anymore? Some, I think that I will say this when it comes to myself, when it comes to gear groups, I know the groups I go to to ask for actual advice. And I know the groups that I go to, to fuck around. I feel that. Um, some of the groups, uh, 60 cycle hums, one of them, uh, which it's also, that was more of a, um, it wasn't more, it wasn't really a gear group. It was more towards the podcast. Um, but at one point it was a gear group and it still kind of is, but you've got 60 cycle hum. Um, you've got all these other groups that you go into where they've created their own culture Mm -hmm. and it's not a gear group. And I also think that's a big thing too is a lot of people don't understand that there are gear groups and there are groups there are groups dedicated dedicated towards talking about gear and then there's groups dedicated towards the community like 60 cycle hum um gear nerds uh stuff like this like the like stuff that are related to a podcast or related towards some sort of uh youtube or or something like that they're not always dedicated just towards the gear it's towards that community that they've built so um i would say that the question is kind of dependent on or the answer to the question is dependent on how you view gear groups and what you're expecting from them but i would say that the groups that are dedicated towards gear yes can be helpful you have to sift through the trolls and the people like me who are going to make smart ass comments or just make a joke. Um, but you can get helpful information, but you have to pick where you're pulling from. So if think about your history with guitar, right? Like when did you start playing guitar? Uh, I, well, high school, I, junior high. I, I was, I became more serious about guitar around my Sixth, 15th, 16th birthday. Okay. So back then you had yes. guitar magazines and you had yes. maybe Harmony Central. I, w- I didn't really ever do that uh, phase of things. Are you talking about like for websites? Yeah. I did not get, I did not mix guitar in the internet with like groups and talking to people mm-hmm. until probably 2012 okay so for the longest time i i think i was i was always reading the help column 
Mm-hmm. I was in like Guitar World or Guitar Player, whichever one I was subscribed. Whatever. I, I, I'm sorry, I maybe maybe 2011. It was around around the time that I got married. Okay. So. Thereabouts. Yeah. Um, and so the, those were always like the advice columns where they're like, "Hey, how do I make sure my neck is fitting right? How mm-hmm. do I do this?" And like they were, you know, a guitar tech was giving you advice or whatever, and that was like sacred and that was law or whatever and yeah i i still remember some of those articles and like the things they told you to do some of them were kind of weird yeah like i I remember one person said sand the back of the neck joint so like on on bolt-on guitars so the there wouldn't be any uh, paint finish between the wood so the wood would touch yeah that is uh, i think that's a I risky mean, thing to do these days because there's no way to make sure you got that flush at home well i feel like if you're sanding off just enough to get the lacquer or whatever finishes on there off of it you're not doing too but i mean i don't wow. think you're really risking it that much depending mm-hmm. but i mean granted because also the the neck joint on the guitar is very rarely doesn't have any sort of finish on it there's a usually overspray in the pocket right so the pocket's usually good it's on the back of the neck that you would want to kind of sand and i feel like um i don't know but yeah like there's there's but there were things like that that kind of like spread around and then now that there's like gear groups there's always like that collective or like people going around spouting stuff that they've heard but yeah moreover just like how do you find good advice anymore i would have to say the best getting good guitar advice once again you've got to you got to determine where you're pulling from um and you've got to have some sort of brain where you can sift through and i i think a very good um way to do it is if i'm asking for advice if there's an answer that's very common okay i'm probably gonna go with over over, with that one over the one guy that's like no you gotta sand it all down and redo all this and you're just like no that's like I, the problem is, is that uh, giving when, all this when advice, someone is adamant and loud, yeah. and and aggressive, chances are it means they're wrong. That's yeah. <laughs> that's like one of those things. Like when if they get well, into what, an argument with somebody else, chances are they're probably wrong. The fool is the loudest person in the room. Yeah. Um. That's one thing I've always I've always been very adamant about. Um. The, the loudest person in the room is typically the fool. Uh. And that's a big big thing. And. I mean, the thing with guitar is this too. There's a there's there's a, a bunch of different ways to do it, and I think that's another thing too. You've got to go into, and you got to have that mindset. That's like uh, every everyone's got a trick for restringing a Bigsby pencil eraser. I saw someone use the adapter for headphones from Apple. Yeah, the the, the, that was an eighty dollar thing, like eighty dollar uh, adapter. It's like or something. $80 or what? Oh, well, whatever. Like okay. Whatever. okay, okay, okay. Anywho. But yeah, there's there's like, I mean, there's you like... what a, the real solution is? Buy another uh, brand that's not Bigsby and you don't have to do that. <laughs> the Duesenberg one is just string through. You don't have to deal with those posts. I just use needle nose pliers and I bend the string and it works just fine. Or just replace one string at a time and it's not a problem. Some, I mean, whatever you... I mean, like, that that's like... Okay, how about this? Restringing a guitar. Do you do one string at a time? Do you take them all off? Do you take them off alternating? Like, um, like I like, slack them all sort of evenly. 
and I take them all off because usually by the time I'm replacing strings, I'm also needing to clean the guitar. So that's when I do oh. a fretboard clean and that's when I do a quick polish of the frets. So I do the worst thing possible according to people and you I just, just cut them while they're under tension. Well, I loosen them up some, but I just cut them and just boom and go for it and clean it up. Yeah, I don't know. So you like also, I, you also play Gibson, so that's the weakest neck joint. So as long as it's okay, it's okay. I don't know. I, I mean, but the thing—I mean, the, the thing is, is like you've just got all these. Uh, there's different ways to do everything. There's but, been a lot uh, of like how to restring has changed. I feel like yeah. the locking string wrap has become very popular recently, and that was never really a thing I saw until about two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. And now I, I still, see it everywhere, and everyone's why acting like that's what they've always done, even though they haven't. I, I don't know. I string my guitars the same way I have for the past uh, almost 20 years. Like, I just... Two wraps uh, and then pull it to tension? Um, the way I do it is I go through, I have the string setting. No, I don't, I don't pre-wrap or anything, really. I have it, I pull it, and I really, I just have kind of a certain measurement I've gotten with the slack. Mm-hmm. And I just start winding. And I make sure that uh, I, usually two tuning pegs is pretty good. Nope. All I know is, uh, so I, I do that on my, uh, my John Mayer has the split tuner. So you stick the end down. So you have to yep. pre-trim the string. Mm-hmm. I always go two tuners. That's how I measure it. But, I just, I honestly, I have a certain measurement with my hand that I've gotten just like absolutely perfect. And I, and I, all I know, the only thing that I do that's specific Besides that is I always make sure that my string constantly stays on the bottom of the wrap. Mm-hmm. As I'm turning, it's, it's, it is the lowest on the, the wrap. I've just put locking tuners on literally everything. Yeah. I mean, that's one way to do it, too. <laughs> so you don't have to think about it. So, so with that... Uh... I would say that groups are helpful, um, but it, it's pretty much, uh, I would say, like 5% helpful, 95% bullshit. Yeah, I mean, you have, have to, you have to the, work for the it. big groups just become bullshit really quickly. Um, yeah, and like I said, it, so like, like uh, a meme just takes over a group and it's not funny anymore, and then mm-hmm. uh, that then all the posts are about how not funny the meme is, or the, they just feel like they're all arguing all the time when they get to a certain size. Whereas, like, and then you're like, why aren't there any guitar posts? And then part of it's just because it doesn't feel like a safe environment to ask questions anymore. Yeah. Cause you get, you get, especially whenever you get like new people, like I, so I, I've made a very big effort when you see someone who is seriously, you can tell they're a new guitar player, just telling them like, yeah, now here's the information. This mm-hmm. is what I think you should do. Don't listen to these assholes. Like that's a big thing. And that's the whole thing. It's like, everyone was a new guitar player at some point. Everyone, everyone had the shitty guitar. Everyone didn't know how to, like, no one was born that like knowing how to restring a guitar air quotes properly no one knew right away how to set neck relief on your guitar like this is stuff that people learn it's something we don't talk about a lot but go anytime you're at guitar center go ask the tech how often they get asked to restring a guitar daily almost daily like people will bring in their instrument to be restrung pay they'll pay like 20 bucks yep and it might not even include the cost of the strings. Yep. Like, yeah, it's not. I mean, and here's the thing, too. And I, I use this argument all the time. 
and this is whenever it comes down to especially like when it comes to pedals routing midi all when you start getting into very detailed things mm-hmm. look at how many guitar players don't know how the fuck their rig actually works well think about how many guitar players bought strymon and helix and kempers and they don't program any of it they just download stuff from other people mm-hmm. well i'm talking about real guitar players that actually go out on the road and do all this stuff uh yeah mm-hmm. i mean you've seen that well i mean when it gets to the i'm on the road and i need to have a rack and a wireless and switching systems and stuff like that that you need to be a specialist to understand any of that anyway like the average guitar player shouldn't know how to do that stuff or right should not be expected to know how to do that kind of stuff that's i mean that's just like a that's like think of a, a race car driver and having a pit crew yeah a like, race car driver doesn't know how to re-piston an engine right they might but chances are they don't is it good to know that yeah i mean it, it would be helpful uh, it helps you communicate yeah. with your team right especially like race car drivers are in charge of like hey the suspension feels off we need to dial in the brakes more you know that kind of stuff so at the same time as a guitar player you need to know like yeah, the action feels a little too high. And and other guitar players need to understand it's okay if not everyone knows everything that you do. Scott mm-hmm. knows a lot more when it comes to MIDI programming. All like some you like we've always talked about it. I'm the guitar player that like I can make it sound good and I can play it. I think you need to give I, yourself more credit in that area because you have done uh, that kind of stuff, but yeah. I have, but it's also been a very big challenge. And it's also something that won't I mean, but you it was a challenge you, for me too. Like part of it's just you, because you saw me learn it. Right. while we were friends and doing the show is when I switched to MIDI stuff. Right. And so I, you had me discussing it with you. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the same side, yeah, I do know more about the electronics inside it than you do. And the acoustical like engineering of things. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't expect other people to understand why. Well, why not, what, Scott? You should yell at them for, for not knowing this stuff. Yeah. Some days, right, I, some so, days I get pissy when so, people fall for like marketing terms and I'm like, yeah, it's an op amp. Chill out. You know, like yeah. there's those kind of moments, but yeah. Well, here's the deal. So I think we should end on this note. Gear groups, they can be helpful. But the thing is, is you as a person need to be part of the help. Stop being an asshole. If someone has a question, answer it as best you can and try to be helpful. Be a part of the solution. Or just scroll harder. Sc- keep scrolling. If you don't, if you think they're dumb, just keep scrolling. Dude, whenever a group gets dumb, like particularly 60 cycle hum gets dumb. One of the things I do is I'll just scroll harder to stuff I like, and I'll just automatically just, I'll just go on a liking spree of everything I want to see in a group. Yeah. Just to try to, cause you know, the group sorts itself sort of by whatever recent activities there. So I'll try to like drum up activity on stuff I actually like. Just yeah. Just to try to bury the stuff I don't like. Yeah, yeah, comment, bring it to the top. Yep. But all right, guys. Well, thanks for listening to this week's episode. It's good to be back now that I'm off of vacation. Uh, thank you, Philip from 40 Watt Podcast, for joining in. If you guys didn't check out that episode, go listen to it and check out 40 Watt Podcast. Philip is a great guy. Um, he knows a lot about some stuff and things. Um, and <laughs> it's always fun hanging out with Philip and learning things. Um, but yeah, so go check out those that check out last week's episode, check out 40 watt podcast. Also, you can go to the effects check out some of the cool stuff from us. It's got links to our Facebook group, our Instagram. Also, we have merchandise, uh, merchandising, 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 merchandising. Also, you can go to patreon.com slash the effects loop and you can become a supporter of the show financially, not just emotionally not just emotionally and spiritually 
You know, if someone wants to start being the emotional support of the show, that would actually be really nice too. Just yeah, yeah. There. Listen, we need we need someone to do thoughts and prayers. We need someone to do likes and shares. <laughs> like <laughs> thoughts and prayers and likes and shares, baby. Let's do it. Woo! Um, uh, yeah, that was, that was like uh, Jason did that. He he shared about the Patreon because he was like talking about yeah. So, and if you're a Patreon listener, tell tell people you're listening to the episode early. Do it. Brag that's it. it. Brag about it. Shove their face in it. All right, guys. Um, we will see you guys next week. Have a wonderful time. Adios. Bye. Bye, everybody. Good episode. Yeah, we went long. Yeah. Actually, we went back.
I wonder. I wonder how long does it take Ian to notice my Facebook profile page? Uh, I don't think he really does Facebook. Yeah, well, he'll never know then. It'll be great. I'm going to just keep it forever. You should just start liking anything he posts with that. Oh, my gosh. That's right, I'm going to do it right now. Hold on. <laughs> just like, dude, do the stalker ex-girlfriend thing where you like you, <laughs> you like like 14 of his posts all at once. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. I don't know who Amy is. I'm guessing that's their singer. Oh, that's his nephew. Or that's 